Welcome to episode 29 of the Retronym Podcast. Today I'm going to be looking at my first pwn pick for October, and that is the Bravely series, which was suggested by Paul. Today I am talking about a game series that was suggested by a good friend of the show, Paul, the techno funk boy. He's also part of the Playwell Network. He has lots of cool podcasts that he does, mostly like RPG style podcasts. I'm pretty sure he does like, you know, some kind of like Forgotten Realms thing too. I, I don't really know, but he, he does a lot of cool stuff. He also does music, which is which is really good stuff. You should definitely check out his music. I'm pretty sure it's like on all the streaming places, but you should just buy the stuff if you can, because that'd be cool. You should buy it. But anyway, he had suggested that I talk about the Bravely series. And at first I think he said that he wanted me to talk about Bravely Default, but then I was thinking like, hmm, do I just want to talk about Bravely Default on its own? Or should I actually expand that out a bit to just talk about the Bravely series as a whole? And I figured that would actually be a good idea. And then if I want to go into any of the games like individually in the future, then I could go ahead and branch out from there. But honestly, I'm not really sure there's a whole lot to talk about with Bravely Default 2, to be perfectly honest. So kind of putting that into this whole mixture of an episode is probably good. So my experience with Bravely Default started when I was in South Korea. And that was the reason I almost bought like a Japanese 3DS at the time, because I was in South Korea from like, what, 2012, 2023? No, not 2013, 2012, 2013. Yes, th those two years there. And I would often frequent one of these uh, underground like game malls that they have there in Yongsan. And it was really cool because like there were games from all over the world, a lot from Japan, a lot from Korea. And let me tell you, the Korean gaming scene, especially the retro gaming scene, is super neat. And I'd love to go back and just really like dissect what this place looks like now, but I can't, unfortunately. But anyway, yeah, this underground game mall had so many Japanese imports. It was like a, a, like a gamer's heaven, basically. It was unbelievable. And it stretched out what felt like miles. It probably wasn't miles because that'd be a really long underground mall, but it stretched out like forever and just like one long continuous hallway where you just had a bunch of stalls and booths that had all sorts of games, anything that you could want, really, and systems, too. And I remember seeing, actually, a copy of Bravely Default, a Japanese copy of Bravely Default, just sitting in there on the shelf one time, and I think it was selling for, like, 20 bucks, basically. Like, dirt cheap, honestly, if you're considering, like, Japanese imports. And then I could have gotten a Japanese 3DS at the time for probably about 150 bucks, which, honestly, I look back at those prices and I, and I weep now because you can't get a 3DS, like, anywhere now for any amount of price. It's pretty sad, to be perfectly honest. But I remember actually seeing that on the shelf, and I'm like, hmm, this is the game series I had heard about. Because I had played a little bit of the, the Four Warriors of Light or whatever the DS game was that had a similar art style. But I kind of fell off of it pretty quick because there wasn't really a whole lot going on with it. But seeing, actually, like, Braley Default and hearing all the good things about it, I was like, ooh, I really want to play this but it's a JRPG and I'm pretty sure I'm going to be losing a lot. And I don't know 100% for sure if it has voice acting. So I, I decided not to buy the system just for that at the time. I was also going to get some Dragon Quest games, but that was probably a good idea not to get them only in Japanese. So I waited for a bit and then they finally, finally, finally decided to open up and be like okay we're gonna release this in english and i was already back in the states at the time that it had been released so i was doing my student teaching and i picked up the 3ds game from my local store and oh my goodness like it was a really interesting time for me to be playing bravely default because like i said i was doing my student teaching so uh, my wife was with her family during that time for a few months just so that i could make sure i concentrated just on this thing 
and you know it, it was it was a quiet lonely time and super super busy so it was just nice to be able to continually go back to this really fun little jrpg on my 3ds and just just take some time to do that i thought that was just such a a fun experience and it's never going to be replicated again in my life because i didn't have children at the time so i actually could like devote this much time into a singular game for many hours a day just because well i've already got my work done so i need to pass my time somehow so i'm gonna play this cool 3ds game I really, really enjoyed Bravely Default. So anyway, it, it released in 2014. I think it was March, maybe April. And I spent the next two months just plowing through it, like I said. And wow, it, it's so good. So, I mean, I don't really know how to go over the story. It's been several years, so the story is really, like, fuzzy in my head. But it, it plays off the traditional Final Fantasy motifs of, oh, there's these four crystals, and you got these four warriors of light, and they must save the world, and they come together and everything. And you have this really cool job system that you get to exploit however you feel. And, you know, it was just really cool. But I think the thing that I really enjoyed about Bravely Default, and this is kind of a a really weird way of saying it, but I hate this phrase, but it really subverted your expectations for what you would think a JRPG would be, especially with this kind of art style. Because you look at the art style and you think, oh, it's pretty cutesy. It's probably similar to, like, you know, Final Fantasy V. You know, maybe it's got some dark elements, but... Otherwise, it's probably a pretty like sweet and sugary game, and you'll enjoy it, and then you'll just move on. But I feel like when I first got through this game and seeing, like number one, all the fourth wall-breaking stuff, and number two, just going on through this certain section of the game where things kind of start going you know, like Groundhog Day style. You see some time loops and repeated events happening, and you get to see, like, you get to peek behind the curtain as to like what's really going on in this game. And I feel like that's where the story and narrative and like the character interactions really shine because it feels like you're just kind of dragging so much during the entirety of this game. Well, at least the entirety of this section of the game, but you eventually realize like what the purpose is and like who these characters really are to you, you know, for good and for bad. And there are some like really, really good, like, gut-wrenching moments that you experience throughout this game that I just find like I just I haven't really been able to find any JRPGs since then that have been able to really hit in the same way and I don't know why that is because I've been playing JRPGs like almost my whole life at this point and I've played a lot of the good ones and you know I've experienced a lot in this genre it is my, my genre of choice if I had to choose a genre that just really uniquely like this is what I like other than rhythm games I should say but, man, it's it's hard to find a game that I can emotionally resonate with much like this. And I feel like the most recent experience of this actually happening to me was with uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, which was just a game in, in a very similar way, I suppose, because, you know, for the majority of me playing the game, I was, you know, by myself for like a week while my family was out of town or really two weeks right when it came out. And I just was like, OK, I may as well just like bust through this game and complete it and it was a very similar way where it's like you're learning about all these different characters and all of their interactions and motivations with each other and they just wow there is just so much emotional stuff going on here that i'm just like whoa like this is storytelling at its finest like you can't i mean you can but you can't necessarily get this kind of like emotional response i think from you know regular things like you know tv movies that sort of thing books i guess you know a lot of that stuff you don't spend as much time with the characters though as with like a video game especially a jrpg that's supposed to last for you know 100 hours you don't necessarily spend like 100 hours into a book or 100 hours into a movie maybe in a tv show but 
you know, it, that's split between a lot of different characters as well. And you don't really get these options to go on side quests that help to flesh out the characters in the same way. So I feel like video games are unique for that sort of thing. But anyway, getting back to Bravely Default, man, just just everything about this game just absolutely sings to me. Like, it's, oh, the music is like top notch music, like just absolutely perfect. I just cannot. I don't think I go a day without thinking of one of the tracks from Bravely Default. I think the one that really always gets me is uh, the one, uh, maybe that's, no, that's the first game. Yeah, it's definitely the first game. It's the Beneath the Hollow Moon or something like that, where Tiz and Agnes are are talking, I think, for the first time. And it's it's really early in the game where you hear this track for the first time. When I went back and replayed some of it, I was like, oh, wow, I, I remember hearing this like later on. But, oh, man, I don't think, like, oh, mu- video game music hasn't hit me like that ever since, like, since like final fantasy four honestly it's like oh wow this is just this is a beautiful piece of art and then with you know all the other characters that you get to meet and uh, the presentation you know the presentation looks kitty but i i wouldn't trade it for anything in the world i i think it's just unbelievable ah, it's so hard to talk about this game without spoilers so if you are interested in more of my thoughts about bravely default i'm pretty sure this is the 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 game that we talked about mostly myself and paul actually on his older show the retro station yeah the retro station i think we talked about that on so hopefully i can find links and drop them into the description here but then moving on from there you have bravely second now it took me a little while to get into bravely second because it it did come out pretty close to its japanese release i think it's like within a year but because i was really like involved with my my first real teaching job at this time I wasn't able to do a whole lot with it, especially since I also had my first child, I think, within that same year. So, you know, I I had started it and I got really into it for a bit, but then I dropped it. I think I got really distracted by Dragon Quest VII on the 3DS as well. So, I don't know, there was something about Dragon Quest VII that really sunk its teeth into me as well. But seeing as how it was like a direct sequel in the same world and everything, and you even get to actually recruit like two party members from the previous game, to be on your party this time. So you have two old members and two new members. And there was actually just, I really think one of the things that really kept me interested in this game is just seeing like, how is this world developed over time in this like fourth wall breaking dimension, basically <laughs> where, you know, things that you do have a lot of deeper meanings and there's really a lot of like meta narrative around it. And also seeing like the budding romance between the two new characters here. And that would be Eugeniologia, I believe his name in Magnolia Arch. And you is just, you know, he's just an everyman. Like, he, I, he's, he's literally named you, so it's supposed to be, like, a proxy for you as a main character. And then you have Magnolia Arch, who's, like, this, like, super, like, hyper spitfire lady from the moon. And she speaks French. And this game is just absolutely bonkers. And there's, just, like, this whole moon colony that you have to, like, rebuild over the course of the game. And it plays into the narrative, like, super well. And, wow, it just... Mm. just seeing like a really like well-realized romance between those two characters and you know tiz and anya's had their really good romance as well and it's not necessarily rare in jrpgs but in something like this which you know the visuals don't make you think oh like this is going to be a really romantic story no this is a really like romantic story like they have a lot of good chemistry that have been like written between them and you're really interested in finding out what happens next for them and they're just they're just really cool characters they just really are like into each other like like and they're just like really interested in saving the world it's like there's just something like really nice and pure and wholesome about that even though like things go absolutely nuts in this game not so much as much as like the previous game but 
it, it really went off the wall. <laughs> like, just really went off the wall. But again, I can appreciate that because they spent so hard, like, developing this really good story. And I, I, I don't know. I really like this game, too. And I, I don't know when I'm ever going to be able to get back to play Bravely Second again because I had started my replay of Bravely Default, I think, last year just because I just wanted to try it again and kind of got lost among the shuffle and I didn't get a chance to really put a lot of time into it. So going back and pre- replaying Bravely Second, like, ooh, okay. I don't, I don't know when I'm going to be able to do it. I want to do it, but I don't know when I'll be able to do it. So, But it, it's, it's a great game and it adds, you know, new jobs along with the old ones and the, the Brave and Default battle system is just, hmm, just so good. It's no wonder that they did something similar in Octopath Traveler and I feel like it works great there too. Like two sides of the same coin, to be honest, so... As far as I know, both of these games were generally well-received by critics. Like, I'm pretty sure the second one didn't get as, like, high praise because, you know, it sequels, like, unless it's, like, absolutely smashing it out of the park, you're not going to get a whole lot in terms of sequels, like, high praise for that. But when it came to Bravely Default 2, this is a very interesting one because it released in February 2021, and it was kind of announced, like, all of a sudden and was out not that long after. And initially, when I played the demo, I was a bit mm, not sold on it because, well, for one, the demo difficulty level was just insane. Like, I don't know why they ratcheted up those battles to, like, an insane degree, but it made actually trying to play it not fun at all. And it did a different thing with the battle system in that, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm pretty sure this is how it went, but in the original Bravely Default and Bravely Second, you choose all of the party members' actions before anything is actually, you know, set to go. You choose all of them, and you can default, like, you know, 16 times and start the actual action process, and then all the characters will do their attacks in the order that they would go in. But in Bravely Default 2, they changed it to where your character will immediately do the attacks that you set as soon as you set it. So you have to do one character at a time, and then they have to attack which really threw me off because I was just so used to the way the previous two games were that I just, I didn't know if I'd be able to get used to this new way of playing it. And I eventually did, but it did take a while for me to really start getting into Bravely Default 2. And it took some months afterwards before I picked it up again. I mean, I picked it up on release date, but after playing the demo and playing a little bit of the regular game, I was like, "Mm, I don't know. I don't know if I really want to put too much time into this right now, but I eventually did. I think that it doesn't really hit in the same way as the previous two games. Like it's got a decent story. Like I'm not going to, you know, poo poo on it. Like it's got a decent story. It's got some good characters, but I feel like in some ways it was kind of simplified and was made to be kind of, I don't know what the phrase is that I could really use to apply to this, but it felt pretty vanilla. Honestly, it didn't feel like as many risks were taken. And you know, the one thing about the previous two games is that there was a pretty decent, like, romantic subplot between the two different sets of characters from the first game and then from the second game but there really wasn't anything like that in the third game the closest you could really get would be like elvis and adele and i'm not really going to delve into that in any way shape or form because the game didn't really do it a great service it just felt kind of flat and emotionally and just very not resonant honestly like it was just really hard to engage with them in the same way that i would engage with the others so I don't know, but eventually I did beat it. It was it was darn good. Like I, I think by the end, it's probably the best in terms of like the battle combat style, the jobs and everything that you have. I, I think that 
they really refined the formula, especially with what they learned with Octopath Traveler and kind of mix in a little bit of that as well. But honestly, like, I don't see myself really going back to it, which is sad to say. But, you know, I'd rather go back to the original two on 3DS than the one on the Switch. And man, it just had some weird performance issues, too. Like, there were just times where things just weren't loading properly or things were glitching out of control. And I, I did not know what was going on. So that's my take on the three Bravely, to game, Bravely games. I know that there were mobile games and such, and I think there are like websites that are devoted to the lore of exploring all the different mobile games and all the stuff that they do there. And it's apparently absolutely bonkers, like the what this game is trying to say. I'm not actually sure what this game is trying to say, what the series is trying to say, I should say. But it's good. I, I really like it. I would highly recommend, if you can and you have a 3DS, that you go back and try to get the two Bravely games. It's going to be really hard because they are out of print and they are skyrocketing in price, like just absolutely skyrocketing. So good luck. You can't get them on the eShop anymore either. So hopefully someday they'll release like a duology that they can you know play on the Switch. And I think you could probably get away with that. Honestly, I don't feel like the touchscreen controls, as nice as they were, I think they figured out like how to circumvent that in the new game. So like really they could just do a little bit of tweaking i think that they could make something really cool like a like a twin pack of the two games and maybe just like one cart i I don't know i don't know how they could do that i think that would be really interesting though i I think it'd be super cool to see like what kind of meta narrative they would have for having a release of the games maybe like a new chapter entirely that links the two games together in a different way that could be pretty fun i I don't know maybe there's something that they could do story-wise to make it like oh wow this is like the hidden third story or hidden side story that has to do with specifically the switch release because you know there's like multiverse stuff going on here i don't know that'd be pretty cool though but thanks paul for the suggestion i hope that you enjoyed my take on the bravely series thank you for listening to the retronym podcast you can find me at twitter with the username at retronym that's spelled r-e-t-r-o-n-i-m and through email at the retronym at gmail.com If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to rate, review, subscribe, and all of that other fun stuff. I don't even know what it is. You can also check out my other podcast, Henshin Dad, if you are curious about the wide world of tokusatsu. Thanks again for taking time to listen to me today, and until next time, keep enjoying the games that you love.